1: So, what you up to today, Chuck? Well, like I said, I'm uh, in my little shop working on a carburetor on my tiller. Mm. For some reason, it has decided to flood the engine out, and I just took it all apart and cleaned it up, and hopefully I can put it back on, and I've been cutting trees like I've been doing for the past five years. And <laughs> <laughs> finally got enough of them cut down in the front to... Uh, uh, have enough sun come down and plant grass so I don't know why because that just adds more work to my to my days off but I don't know what it is about being in the south you have to have a nice lawn so, there right, you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about what I'm up to today got you well,
0: you're
2: just working uh what is it five tons now only what are you just working five Five tens
1: like five times a yeah, well, actually five elevens okay. i get I get there, at, I get there at four thirty in the morning and i I like to leave it at four o'clock, so I can get eleven hours in and because at three o'clock they have the first uh first wave of of, of people getting off at three that are working eight hours, and then the next wave comes at four thirty, so I like to get out of there between those two uh, traffic those two traffic waves, it works out really well, I get home at five and have enough time to sit back and maybe if I want to do a couple of things or sit on a time in the day before I have to be in bed at, at 730. <laughs> yeah, because I'm getting up at a quarter to three now and, and uh, so I can make it there at 430. So it's, uh, uh,
0: It makes for a long day. Yeah.
2: Cool. Do you like it much better than the, uh, what you were doing before when you were working on the uh, nuclear island?
1: Uh, it is. It's better that that I'm doing something different, and it also better that I I, I really get into the uh, to the drawings and stuff. And it's interesting. It's different.
0: Right. I don't. I don't have to deal with anybody. So that's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's uh, one of the one of the, the, the good things, that, things but yeah. you know i i still have to deal with, with people that, whenever there's uh, issues yeah, with, uh, to the, uh, uh, with the what's going on with the with the procedure or they want to change a procedure they want to add a how procedure how or something like that all in all it's a is a welcome change that's good
0: and you
2: you've been doing construction for what is it now for 16 20 years want to change god
1: actually 80 that not
0: 80
1: <laughs> actually, even even way before 80, that, because 80, like I was telling you earlier, something. that my, my, my father actually owned, e- even even way before that. Factory. Factory. <laughs> was like and business 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 actually, own. actually, I have been in, yeah, an have in around and around this business about since about nineteen seventy, mm. and, uh, so, oh, and that puts I I me at ten years old. But you know, I was I was around it, and you know, getting to know things. All but you know, I was I was around. Just around you know, people I, that did it, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was uh, okay. Career, you know, unfortunately, I was able to turn it into a career, not uh, the one that I really wanted, I but it was it the one so. that paid the most but I would love to be doing something different, but at right now, <laughs> you know, for the money I would love to be doing yeah. something different, I'll do but this. At gotcha. right now, yeah. you know, what, what was
2: it that you wanted paid. it to I'll be? This. Yeah.
1: Well, at the very beginning, I was, very beginning into, I was going, uh, going to uh, uh, go <laughs> into into <laughs> dentistry, <laughs> then I went into, I went, went, into, into went to college, you know, and then I changed my mind, wanted to go because of the hot topic back in the early 70s, of course, was the movie Jaws and all that stuff. Right. So I wanted so to be a marine biologist, so I, I went, that was when I decided I was going to go and take classes, and and decided that that I decided and go into marine biology, and did a to couple work. of years then, of that, <laughs> I a really and lot of money. got out of that to come <laughs> home and earn some money so I could go back to <laughs> school. The, the semester, I took, took a semester off, and my uh, dad decided, you know, decided you know, that, decided that no if I was going to take a semester off, he was going to put me to work, and I made a really lot of money. Mm-hmm. 81, and 81, already... from, the, from the semester yeah, I took yeah, off yeah, and decided, you know, I'm going to take another semester off. This is really good. And that was, and that. was 1982. I was in 1982. I I've been at it ever since. would fill in for some people. Yeah. So, you know, and decided, then again, you know, I, I one of the things that oh, one of, of my sim- fantasy jobs was radio disc jockey and stuff. And, and so I did that while I was in high school so and I did it a little bit in in college and then I I did a and, uh, uh Would fill in for some people at our local radio station from then time to well. time. And, and, and I, while I was out and about, I decided, decided to put together a sound and lighting show, mobile four four disc disc jockey. This, and this and was before it was just, even a thing. It was me and a friend of mine. And we got into it pretty good. And I was winding up making a lot of money doing that as well. We were doing four nights a week. And this was back in the 80s at $500 a night and doing four nights a week. And it was just, yeah, it was me and a friend of mine, and uh, uh, we hand we built all, all of our, our all oh, of our lighting effects. and effects, uh, and
0: we bought just by the the made, made, like
1: reinvesting Inve- it back into it the little business, and we had at the time, you know, little lot laser, lot laser, lot laser laser shows, strobe lights, fog machines, disco balls, and we had it all. We had it all. We come set it up and do a show, and then in the summertime, like I said, four nights a week, and it was it was a lot of fun, lot of fun. But eventually, you know. Well, that and came to the a point station where I had to decide was, if uh, I was going to do know, that, that or attend to my business, and which was yeah, and and being young at, you know, in my oil, 20s. I, I had quite a few all small in the businesses. this was building. quite the entrepreneur. I had the the, light, the lighting show. I had ran the bus station, which was, uh you know, where you would just, you know, manage the packages and send passengers along the way. And I had a one hour oil change place. All this was in the same building. What I did was I rented a, uh, an old gas station and during that time the gas station turned into the one hour oil place and then the office of the gas station turned into the bus station and also you know me and another friend of mine we were diving at the time and we had we had a uh, diving and salvage we'd go and and cut things out of you know you know in the '70s and '80s there was a lot of shrimping back in the in, in South Texas. Right now it's hardly it's down to nothing because they all do um, farm-raised shrimp now. So, but what's, back at the hmm? what's farm-raised shrimp? Well, they they have a they they'll they'll dig out a huge plot next to the to the bay,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then they'll flood it with salt water. Yeah, and raise shrimp in there, okay. and they and they can keep the water circulating by just pumping it out of the bay and pumping it through their 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 you know their little containments, and and it's a lot easier to raise shrimp and and gather them up that way than having to have the, the boat yeah, and pay guy. for the that's fuel so awesome. and the nets you know, and all that business. So they just do it that way now, mostly overseas though. From after the, from the from Africa, environmental places, in fact, you know, you can't be so swapping so water out if there's a lot of shrimp poop in it. You know, just just swapping the water right back into the bay then you'll run into the uh, environmental people that frown on that kind of stuff so that's why you see a lot of the shrimp in stores I say come from Africa or come from somewhere else in European nations, so they put the uh, put the local shrimping out of business. Mm-hmm. But you know, back in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of shrimping going on, and we would go and cut crab traps and ropes and cables out of the bottom of the uh, shrimp boat, you know, their props, or wheels, cut them out, or or if someone um, on an offshore rig would drop something very expensive over, overboard, we'd go down and try and find it. And, have them haul it up. It was it was a lot of fun too. So I was pretty busy as a young man. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, go ahead.
2: No, no, I was going to say keep. I I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh no, but that, that was about it. You know. So that was that was it in my in my early 70s and 80s, you know, and then uh, I decided to, a uh, project came up. Um, I was working on a pretty big pipeline, and the bosses or the pipeline superintendent had a pretty good-looking daughter, and I kind of hung out with her for a while. Next thing you know, I get married to this girl.
0: Yeah,
1: And then uh still being, you know, going on pipelines, being away from home quite a bit, she decided that she didn't like being by herself. So one thing led to another, and she wound up, you know, doing the uh, fooling around kind of business on me while I'm out of town. And so that ended that one.
0: Yeah.
1: And so then, you know, I uh, was goofing around for another five years or so. And I've had a job out in Florida. Met another little beach bunny over there in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you are. Actually, I, I met her because I was looking for a place to stay. And I, I and at the gas station that I would go to in the mornings, you know, to get coffee and all that business. A right. little, little cute blonde working back behind the desk there. And she had uh, put a, an ad on, on those, you know, on the little boards there at the station that said that she had a, a trailer that she was renting out. And I asked her about it. And she said, yeah, so I went and saw it. it was, you know, pretty nice deal way out in the, by the airport, which was good because I like that being close to the airport. And then uh, also it was right on the water so I could be fishing or goofing around out in the water and uh, next thing you know one thing led to another and I was dragging her rear end of Texas with me
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but then again you know it happened again that um, it was pretty good and I had an opportunity to go to Alaska and good money up there so I, I went ahead and went to Alaska and while she was there in Texas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I didn't know what she was up to. But she would tell me, you know, about every two or three weeks or so that she was missing her parents. I would tell her, get on the plane, fly, fly down right. home, fly back home, and you know, right. go visit your parents. Because I, I could only leave the leave the slopes every every eight, eight, ten, 12 weeks,
0: weeks,
1: I weeks. Come, come out of there, and come, come home on. for you know a week or a couple of weeks, and then have to go back. Mm-hmm. But during that time, she spent every every dime I sent there sent home and. Ooh. Wound up getting together with uh her old ex husband and they were they were shacking shacking up. up and
0: that ended that, ended that,
1: that one. one. Yeah. So uh yeah, so then I kinda goofed around for another few years and did the uh, stayed stayed on the road quite a bit and So that's throughout it.
2: like your from your thirties to your
1: twenties? Well, oh my yeah, well, my, yeah, between my twenties that, that, that was all that was all action, of that action, actually since the span of about ten years. years. And in my thirties, I moved back home to where I was living, you know, in, in South Texas, and and uh, you know I was doing pretty good, making decent money, you know, just catching jobs and doing other things that needed to do. And moved into uh, a townhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, the neighbor, one of my neighbors, was a realtor in town, and so we started running in, you know, higher in end, higher end circles of, of people, which I I learned that was a better way to go than mm-hmm. hanging out at the bar and picking up girls picking up picking up girls at a bar or you know a dance hall or something when you when you hang around country clubs and dinner clubs and stuff like that there's a there's a, it just seems like there's a little better quality of not i'm not saying quality but i'm saying better people that have their shit together more yeah you know they've got they've got it going on they're not no drama none of this kind of Yes, so gotcha yeah so he introduced me. She, and we were somewhere. We were we were in in a small town close to where my um,
0: hometown was, and we went into
1: a, our, a supper club. And we ran into this this girl, and she happened to be, uh, be uh,
0: what do you call him? The, uh, the beauty
1: queen of the county and this kind of business. So he got to hanging out with her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, she uh, she introduced me to my wife. Which was on a blind hey, you date, you know. It's like, like, hey, you know, come I'm gonna meet us. We're we're gonna be at the, you know, at this at this little club, and come on over, and and she'll bring a friend of hers. Mm-hmm. So I went and said, yeah, this is gonna go over well. <laughs> a blind blind date, right? You know. So here we go. I go over there. And of course, I'm I'm not going to be anybody different than who I am. So
0: yeah.
1: first thing I did was, you know, start hanging out and having a few wines. And, and uh, we were at this place and they had a karaoke night. So I figured, well, if this girl wants to see just exactly who I am and how I act, I'm going to go up there and sing karaoke. <laughs> Or is it karaoke? I don't know how you say it. I think a but lot it, of people say karaoke,
0: but either okay, or, whatever. whatever. I don't know.
1: You know what I'm talking
0: about? Yeah,
1: I got you. So I went up there and made a fool out of myself, and and then uh, uh after that, you know, I I met uh met her again for another another date a couple of days later, and mm-hmm. and uh for a while there, she was played a little bit hard to get, and I I had decided, well, yeah, you know, that's it. So I called her one night and said, "Look, I'm going to be over here, and if you're not there, it's been nice knowing yeah, you." Yeah, you know? <laughs> because I, you know, I, I was at that point where all women to me were, you know, where it, it was just something to do. Yeah. And because I knew that I was going to be going somewhere soon, and I'd be gone for six months or a year, so it wasn't really matter to me. So, okay. to my surprise, she showed up, and you decided. And she said she knew that she knew that by my phone call that. That it was either, uh, you know, either she shows up or she'd never see me again. And mm-hmm. she, decided, she decided she liked the, she liked what she saw, and she showed up. And that's been twenty, twenty-seven years ago. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh huh.
1: So. Yeah, and along that, uh, I was still on the road quite a bit, you know, and then, gotcha. uh, and then I had the, uh, kind of like the, um, what, really, really, what really turned the whole thing around. My whole life, I was exactly. in California, in California on another job, mm-hmm. and we had been married.
0: Another job.
1: And uh, uh, she sent me a videotape of my youngest kid mm-hmm. riding his bike for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I thought, you know what, I'm supposed to be there for that kind of business.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm supposed to be there watching, watching him ride his bike. I'm supposed to be there watching him take his first steps, which I, I, I. I was there during when that happened, but from then on, I'd been on the road, and all his firsts I had missed. So, so that, that was
0: pretty, pretty much
1: it. Pretty you it. Know, you know, it started to wear on you whenever you're somewhere, and you actually want to be with the person that you're married to, which was kind of an odd feeling for me. You know? <laughs> and uh, this friend of mine uh, called and said he had a... Uh, a design
0: job, job in, job
1: in, in Minneapolis, Minneapolis Minnesota. Minnesota. I was in California in the middle of the desert, hmm. and he said it was going to last uh, eighteen months to three years. And I said, "Well, you know, I think that I'm going to go ahead and give that a shot because at least I'll be in one place for maybe, maybe three years, and I'll have to give that a try." So we sold our house and everything out, out in, uh, in, in Texas and moved, moved to Minnesota. And that, that child job went on. lasting 16 years. Jeez. Yeah. But you <laughs> just, you know, it's just like anything. You just never know. Sometimes right. they'll, and in construction, most guys know that when they know the routine. They say, oh, it's going to last three years and it lasts three months.
0: And yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, they'll, oh, <laughs> they'll say, oh, this, this is going to last for, you know, three months. And then, months, and then it lasts a year. You just have to take it, you know. When you can, yeah, because you, you really never know what's gonna happen. Mm. It's just the, uh, the the way the business is. Gotcha. You know, because a lot of they'll they'll call and make promises mm-hmm. to, get to get people there, right? Because they know, they know that they know, you know, deep down that they're waiting on possibly getting another contract somewhere, and but you know this job they know is gonna last three months, and if they get the other one, then it'll last a little longer. Mm-hmm. So they want to saying, hey, you know, this is gonna last three months to three years, and guys say hey that's that's a good good shot for me so they'll take it right and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't so that's uh that's all the beauty of the business yeah, that's a that's a good
2: point because it it's funny. Um, I remember we we met out in in Augusta, and I I got out there. It's supposed to be like originally you're going into this training program, and you do anywhere from like three to six months on a project, and then you move on to the next thing. And for me, I'd already spent like a year and a few months, like almost a year and a half in the Midwest. And once I got back to Georgia, I was like. I wasn't ex- like I'd already heard bad things about the project like oh this isn't working that isn't working but I was like you know what I'm closer to home like I can go visit my parents from time to time um, like my little brother's getting ready to be in college so there's more positives in this than negatives and I it's like I'll just have to make it work and yeah. then, um, basically just trying to hang on to that for the most part where it's like the first time you get on the job site you're just like in survival mode like trying to figure out the craziness of it. And then it took me a while. Like I ended up staying there three years altogether. Mm -hmm. Like just the first six months seemed like hell. And then, um like within what was that I think I got there in September just after Labor Day like went Uh through the training and then um I worked with two of the other engineers like Meredith and Anna like learned from them worked with the night shift guys and like at the time we had like both the day shift and the night shift and you know like (laughs) how that went (laughs) went, like the good and the bad of it I guess more bad than good but I'll leave that alone
1: but you know that. Yep. That's how it that's how it is everywhere that yeah. I go. The <laughs> night shift and the day shift are at each other. They're supposed to be working together, but they don't. Right, right. <laughs> and so, it's everywhere. The
0: day yeah.
2: shift is always like, "Oh man, like night shift, they don't have their stuff together. They they don't know what they're doing. And then the night shift comes in, they're like, oh, day shift, messed this all up, this, this, that, and the other. And it's like, where like you're working on a project with multiple other companies, and it's like they're trying to get rid of you at any chance they get. But then, oh, yeah. get, like this infighting where like your own people are going against you, or it seems like they're going against you. And you just like, I just scratch my head a lot of times, like, what's going on here?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's how
1: it is. I and mean. then, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's another you know bad part of the business because uh, I've been on some jobs where day shift would do something and then night shift would spend all night tearing down what day shift did and then redo it the way they wanted to do it. Right. And then and then the day shift would come back on and say what in the hell is going on and tear everything that the night shift did out and redo it. Right. You know and you're going like what in the heck is going on with you yeah, it's Like,
0: what are, we, what are we doing like let's
2: either pump the brakes or like just backtrack real quick like some something's not right either like yeah you're not like we're not doing what we're supposed to do and it's like that we seem to come across that and the times when they like we had a conversation, sit down, and things work. It seemed like it worked flawlessly. And then when it didn't work or it doesn't work, it's just like the world's on fire, and you're just trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we just stop making everything burn and just get one thing to work out
1: right? Uh-huh. Yep. But it never does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that's a good point that you make because it's like I'm sure, if somebody's listening to this in the future, they might be like, oh, why are you be so negative? But it's like just like you have a difference of personality yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm like different motivations and things. And I think one of the things that went well was when um we kind of things went a little bit better for me, at least I think a year and a half in where you didn't have so many personalities like between day shift and night shift. And then also within just like the day shift itself where it was like, here's an assignment for you to work on. You're mm-hmm. not gonna have somebody micromanaging you so much, but like you're trusted to take this thing from start to finish. And it was like okay, yeah, I can I can do that, yeah. and then you do that over and over again. And the person that's giving you the work is trusting you enough to where they're like, "Okay, like this person's competent. Like I don't need mm-hmm. to baby them or anything like that." And it also made a difference when we went from having our contract extended month by month to where it was like, "Oh, we got a contract for a whole year, and you yeah. don't have to worry about like coming in at the in the evening, like having a meeting." It's like, "Okay, guys, we don't know if we're gonna be here." at the start of the year. And there was even a moment when we came in and it was just like, uh, well, they're not paying. So (laughs) go ahead and pack up. going writing like summaries for the work scope that you're doing and get ready to turn turn it over to these guys and like we started going through doing that like the guys on the construction side they started getting their equipment together like okay we got to make sure we got our stuff get the trailers packed up get this and then you had the client freaking out the other subcontractors are freaking like where are you guys going Where, where are you guys going come back come back but luckily they got it worked out for us and then like we we were able to keep helping however we could help.
1: Yeah, it's uh. you sometimes you got to play the hard ball. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I've been there six years now, as a matter of fact, it's wow. one on six. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and you, you've worked on what is it, three different projects or like facets of the project and you've seen it like on the like extreme scale where things are like go 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 and then other on other parts it's like a little bit more laid back
1: right yeah
2: kind of work in your area and then you Mm -hmm. only have to interact with other groups when it's like hey we need to coordinate um Part of our process, we need to install this ring like during this week or on this weekend, and then that—that's about it. Yeah, versus yeah under the gun, and they're just like, "Okay, are you, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Okay, hey, <laughs> this change is coming right now at 5 p.m. Right when you're getting ready to walk out the door, we need somebody here, like
1: yeah. And luckily, finish it. Luckily that that's uh. That a but that, yeah, I hear that, you. That happens. More than you think in you know, all the yeah. projects that you're on. I hear you. It's an emergency, thing. especially if you're on. It's an emergency, especially if you're, you know, this is a very especially high deadline project and you know, they've got to meet their deadlines because they a, if they don't, then they don't get their money. Get paid, money so so the money doesn't get paid, money. the money doesn't get paid. It's a shell game, man. That's the reality. You've got to do this. It's pretty much what it is. They're putting up window dressing and showing Huge Huge amounts of progress, Mm -hmm. knowing that they'll get their payday, but they also know that there's just hundreds and thousands of hours of small, you know, know,
0: small stuff stuff they've got
1: to complete
0: as well, well.
1: but they take the big chunk and then they try try and minimize, you know, all all the rest rest of it by, uh, you know, putting smaller crews doing this and that and the other, you know, you, just a smaller little thing, just like, you know, we were doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: they would put, they would say, we're going to set this but or they'd set on, the module,
0: but they said so they
1: exactly set it without well, any well, plates on right. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, here so here we, we go. go. Then it's like, we got to have all these plates on there. Yeah. So, he, so here we are, two shifts trying to get these plates on it. And, uh, but they set the module, they hit their milestone. Right. And so, and so it, they, they yeah. have that and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know it, it's never been it's true you know, until, as, as long as I've been at it for a long, long time, it never changed. That's right, the right. But, but the, the sooner future, you realize that, Asher, and the sooner that you know that a job is just going to be, it's going to be there as long as it's there. Yeah, it's,
0: going it's going
1: to be frustrating, and it's going to, going to be rewarding sometimes, and it's going to be, you want to just to get pull your it. hair out another time. But right. The sooner, the sooner you can just get into the attitude, or get into the get into the mode of things. So if something
0: happens, it's like, all right, well,
1: we're going to do this, this now. Wow. Yeah, but you see, there's a lot of people that just can't take it.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. You know, the, just, the just the changes that they make, and you think you're going in one direction, and then all of a sudden, you're going 180 degrees in another direction. And I really to this day, and I really to this, this day, day, don't, don't understand why it right. bothers well, me. Well,
2: I mean, it's like. If anything, I, I know it, it bothered me because I'm I'm so used to being like structured and like even uh-huh. even uh-huh. in like having a meeting where you're, you're supposed to have like a morning meeting or a plan of the day meeting or a turnover meeting where it's like you've got a specific am- amount of information that you're trying to like convey to somebody where you don't have like you're working two different shifts and you want to tell them, hey, here's what we got done. Here's what we need you guys to do. And just, I mean, like just stick to that to begin with. And I mean, of course, like talk about all the other things, but it's like, if you never get that basic information across, then mm-hmm. like you can't be surprised the next morning when the complete opposite of what you wanted to happen, happened. And yeah, that's why within like the first month of me being out there, I was just like, I just amazed, amazed huh?
1: like what the heck? What, right, we I told them this is what we needed to right, do, and that's not what happened. And I mean,
2: I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't amazed or surprised at that because, like, just sitting in the first meeting, I'm just sitting there and I'm observing, and I'm like, okay, like this person's over here talking. They're they might be commanding the meeting, but not really because you got four other people having four different conversations, like by themselves. So it's like they're obviously not listening to what that person's saying, and it's like as soon as I think I may have tried to stand up a few times, like I'm not really loud, but like a few times I like got not, I'd say mad, or maybe I I kind of got more vocal to where I was like, hey, like, listen, and then everybody kind of turns and looks at me like, why are you trying to fix this? Like, we understand what's working, like, we like our system, like, leave us alone and go back to what you're doing. Like, don't, don't bring all that order and neatness and clean it's like we don't want that. Like we like our mess. We like something to complain about. We're not seeing our families. Like this is our thing to be able to like flow and move. And like it took me a while to get that. And I'm sure you like drilled it in my head over and over and over. Just be like, it's not that serious. Like you can't let this thing stress you out. You can't let this thing like overwhelm you. Like it's a job. It's gonna be there with or without you and yeah like you just gotta move on and and that's kind of like What I kind of realized at the end, where I found myself working on something very tedious, where like people are happy when it gets done, but like pray to God, you don't get it done one time or something gets forgotten. Like the whole world just gets ready to descend on you. And they're just like, how could this like small, insignificant thing happen? Or how could you have missed one thing out of 7,000? And I'm like, oh yeah. Did you like, do you even hear what you're asking? Like we've got everything else done, but then you're ready to jump on me on this where I didn't create it. It was my job to go find it. There were like three or four different groups before us that started it and abandoned it. And now you just kind of keep getting grenades dropped in your lap and you're like, but then like every time that. that you like throw the grenades away or like you fix the problem, everybody's happy. Every time the paperwork is done, like they're happy. Like the managers may have to go back and forth on like what the work is or like, how we get new work but every time that we got the work done well like the client was happy the people that worked with us were happy maybe somebody's having a bad day and they start cussing somebody or like I don't know maybe their wife isn't with them or something they just start snapping like hey I'm gonna go tell on you or this and that and it's like what is going on like that like that has nothing to do with this, so it's like okay, back away from that. And uh-huh. at, after a while, it's like I had kind of like a moment of bliss where we were able to work on like a project ourselves. We came in the morning, we met with just directly with the supervisors from time to time. The guys would like act up or they mess with us, like they like to mess with the engineers, like they'll say something, but you go out and you actually check, and it's like okay, they're doing this or they're not doing that, and just. Kind of keeping that um, chain of command, as you'd say, uh-huh. where it's like, okay, I, I understand that as an engineer, I report to the project engineer and I report to the manager, like the project manager, or I talk directly to the superintendent so that like if a welder or a laborer or somebody's acting up, it's not my job to correct them. And it's like, try everything to avoid like getting into like any kind of confrontation with them because like you'd mention it over and over, like they'll try and be like your friend or whatnot. But like, as soon as something goes wrong, it's like the engineer did it, screwed it (laughs) up. He messed right. it up. like he, And then everybody's looking at you like, oh, you're the engineer. You're supposed to yeah. be party parents. Like, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And it's like you're dealing with kids all of a sudden. You're like at a daycare system trying to manage. think, yeah, I think, think
1: that's uh, – that, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think probably would to go help in the long run long if you along you have kids. Have yeah. kids getting uh, married and have, have kids. kids yeah.
0: and you, you all see the kids see the
1: the kid kid that, you're that you're raising and the kids that you work with are the same. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they all have to be nurtured. They all have to be told you know, they're that they're doing well. They all have to be told what they're doing is fantastic.
0: You know, you know
1: it's, it's the it's same, same thing. thing. It's the and the people out, people out there, there in the construction, construction they, they need, need that, that too, too because, because, you know, they they know that they know that you're the engineer and they know that you have been to school. and may fear are intimidated right off the bat, you know, more or less that they think that you're smarter than they are for something. So they're gonna raise hell and do what they have to do to make things hard on you. Yeah. But you just have to you know, just keep keep uh, keep them happy, right. don't try and reprimand them, or like I said, you've got to go through the proper channels, and tell yep. them they're doing a good job, and listen to them,
0: because
1: mm. if you listen to them, every once in a while, they've got a good idea, because they saw it somewhere else, right. And right. My, you know, we might not have seen it done that way, and they saw it somewhere, and they make a suggestion, and a lot of times you know it's it's something that that, that we can't do but sometimes they come up okay. with a good one. Okay. And that's what it pays to always listen and be interested in what they have to say because once they know that that you're interested in what they have to say mm-hmm. they'll try harder they'll try and 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 make you you know they make get you have, have what, they're what they're doing because they are they work hard they, 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 they work yeah. hard and they and, what, and they and what they do well you are feeding they and all that that's a tough deal man oh yeah
2: especially when it's like you don't they don't get any kind of recognition for that. That's part of the reason why I like wanted to do this podcast to like talking with you and hopefully other people like Crumpton and like people that are either in the business now or people that have like retired from the business where it's like, if other people are able to hear their voice on like something that's public, then Mm -hmm. they'll kind of be able to be more self-confident in that they know like they do well to take care of their family. Like you were saying, you were on the road for many years and you would be or either in Florida or in California or in Minnesota, and it's like you've got a house in Texas where you're trying to take care of that, and it's like you're not only paying for like one mortgage. Sometimes you might be paying for two because you're working remote, or you're paying for like an apartment or a trailer. And a lot of times it's like you just do this thankless job. And also like the majority of people in constructions are um, fathers or brothers and things like that. And I think. Um, somebody made a joke once that like Father's Day is probably like the most forgotten holiday next to like Swedish Day or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nobody really cares about it because they're just like, oh thanks, Dad. Like nobody yeah. says thanks for keeping the lights on or like thanks for going to work and making sure that I've got food on the table. And uh-huh. you're grateful. For, or go
1: ahead. But, well, you know that. That, but that's what men do. Right. Right. That's what we do. And that's it. And and seriously, mm-hmm. uh, we could give a shit about Father's Day. <laughs> I know I don't because it's uh, it, it, because it's, it's 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 you're you're trying. I don't know. It's 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 like a phony a phony holiday because you right. know, you're trying to you're trying to get people to to recognize you for what you do, but you do it because you know you have to. Mm-hmm. And no one has to tell you, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, because uh, yeah, that's, that's just what men do. Right. And Father's Day is just a day, another day. Right. Sure, you might you might get, you know, you might get a special dinner or something like that from your wife and... And you know that, and you know that your wife makes the kids buy you the car.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they don't care.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> if anything, you might just be happy to kind of have the day to yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, nobody's bothering me today. Like, yeah, you know, be good. i argue with that. But like you said, it's just another day.
1: Yeah. And if you and you happen to be home, what, what would you want? You'd want to be sitting in your chair watching football mm-hmm. And uh, your wife comes in and brings you a sandwich and stuff like that. And she cuts it in half. And it's like, holy shit, she didn't cut it in half. What the <laughs> <laughs> and now, now all you want her to do is just leave you alone. Right, right. <laughs> just leave me alone let me have my sandwich and drink this you know and watch TV and just leave me alone that would be perfect <laughs> yeah that that's that to me is a, you know a perfect day you know? yeah and, it, and that could be any day so it doesn't have to be Father's day but any old day yeah and uh, so father's Day is just uh, because I have never been you know I, I know that I still have to call my father because he expects it. And that, that's my dad. Right. He expects it. And then all this other crap. But, so I call him. My kids, I don't expect it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I don't care. Yeah. You know, so, uh, that's just one of those things, but that's what men do. Yeah, yeah. And they go out and they they provide for their families, and they're away from home. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's tough. You know, you, you go know, to work and to, to go, to, go work to work and have somebody say, how did you think of that? Good job. That's or you good. know, we're gonna try and incorporate that in text design. Or you know, we're gonna that. try and incorporate that, that in text design. like that. That puts a little little feather in their some cap. You know, and they go home and. They might call their wife that night and they say, "Check this out. I taught an engineer something today. Really? Right. Right. And uh, and and then they can say, you know, but they always do say those engineers. They're all just a bunch of dummies. They don't know what they're doing. But I showed them how to do something." and if it makes them feel good, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. and if they use you as an example, who cares? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, if anything, it's like anytime, I'd say most of all my interactions in construction have been more than positive because it's just like I came across a group of people I'd never really met because... Like going from the academic standpoint where I grew up, like mostly conservative, um, the main things that were valued in our household were education and God. Well, God and then education. And it's like, those are the only things that kind of mattered because my background is like growing up as an immigrant, you come to the country where it's like, it's the land of opportunities. And it's like, this is where you can do anything. And when you come from having less and you, you see where people have more. At first, there's this misconception where America is what you see on TV, where it's just like, oh, everything's great. Everybody's living in cars. They're, or I mean, not living in cars, but they're driving like the most expensive cars. They're out on the beach. They've got like, um, I think it was David Hasselhoff back in the day, and he had Kit for some reason. <laughs> I saw that show and I was like, man, that's really cool. Like, when I grow up, like, I want to have a car like that that can, like, come to me whenever I I, uh, I motion it. And I'm sure the technology <laughs> yeah. is probably he- here pretty soon. And um, just when you get here, you realize that, oh, like, everything isn't necessarily handed to you. Like, you come in, and sure, there are people, like, your neighbors are nice, and they may bring you gifts or something or clothes or things like that. But after that initial thing, like, after the Christmas season, like, you've got to go to work. And like either working at like a fast food place or washing windows or working in a factory and people kind of like slowly build their way up. And like you see it time and time again, like the parents come in, they do the hard job so that their kids can go to college. And like once their kids go to college, they have a better sense of like um, you go to school, you get a good, good grade so that you can get a good job. And luckily for me, I got exposed to like engineering in high school where they had like different technical courses where you could, um, you could build a mousetrap card where you have a mousetrap set up to go off. Oh, yeah. And when it goes off, it like it spins the wheels, which are made out of CDs and you're just rolling it along on the carpet floor or like a, um,
1: the gym floor, man on the gym.
2: Floor. <laughs> so it's like, I got a chance to do that. And I'm not sure if kids can still do that today because I graduated high school back in 2008. And like there was a course where you could do that. And a lot of times they encourage you to draw it on a piece of paper and then go make it or like do actual sketching and then you can use the computer. But then like our teacher, Mr. Hines, he was so flexible to where he let us like reverse engineering. It's like, okay, you can go ahead and like kind of figure it out, build it, kind of like a lot of the guys in the field will do. Like they'll think of something, make it and then see if it'll work. And then they may send it back to engineering to be like, OK, let me check this out. Let me draw it. Check the welds on it. Check the loads. Make sure they're evenly distributed to where, OK, this is a proof for you to use to where you're not using something that's unsafe. Like it might Mm -hmm. work now, but if you don't really check it, then something could go bad and then you find yourself in a worse position. So it's like, Being able to have that exposure early on really gave me, like, it really exposed me to something I'd never heard of before. Because, like, if you're just focused on education, you're focused on like your core courses um, science, technology, or science, math, um, language, like English, um, language arts, social studies those types of things. So you have like the basic track, but then engineering seems to be like this vast thing. And people maybe think, oh, you're an engineer, you can come fix this. And it's like, no, not really. But like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Like you've
0: got, <laughs> yeah. you've got
2: electrical engineers, you've got mechanical engineers, civil, chemical, like all kind, kinds of things. And like just that exposure, the combination that they allow you to have it just seems to work really well and like I went from being able to build mousetraps one year or going to a competition where it's like build a tower with a single sheet of paper like build the tallest tower you can or here's a cube um basically use the same like eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper to support like up to a thousand pounds with a. uh what do they call that? Like, I'd say it's like a drill press machine, but it's mainly made for testing where you put something oh, yeah. in it, like yeah. a block no, of concrete. No, 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 no,
0: no. What's it called?
1: It's a hydraulic press. press. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And like being able to just see things like that where it's like you create something and then you immediately get to see the results of it versus like you're just reading a textbook about a theory that was invented by a guy in the like, 1800s or the 1400s and you're trying to like memorize proofs and this and that. But at least like kind of going through that whole process, I was able to appreciate it. But by the time I got to college and had a chance to go and like co-op and work out in the field, I was like, okay, this thing seems fun. Like I'm not just reading a book, but like I'm climbing inside boilers. Like I'm going inside of like the heat exchangers up top, I'm going into tanks, doing like non-destructive examinations. Like I'm doing this stuff, I'm not getting paid a lot. I think it was maybe like 11 in comparison to like 14 or 20 or however much more Mm -hmm. other people were doing, but they were telling me that they're playing on CAD or they've just got their feet up in the air conditioning. And I'm over here in the middle of winter inside a boiler where it's like 30, 20 degrees. Like you got your coveralls on, you're freezing, you got a grinder in hand, like cleaning the tubes and stuff like that. Or it's 115 degrees out where you've got to have like the personal protective equipment on for chemical hazards. And you're sitting there like we're going up trying to uh, scan a tank that's in service. And since it's already like 100 degrees out, and you've got this plastic on, you're even hotter. So you've got to like drink a bottle of Gatorade or drink some water, go out for like five minutes, scan a little bit of the tank, come back in the shade, cool off, hydrate, then go back out there and do that. Like at first, I was just like, man, I'm I must be wasting my time out here. Like I'm not learning anything about like structural engineering or like construction. But then like going through that and then getting out and actually being on a construction project. I'm like, oh, there's the NDE guys right there. And they're important because they're going to inspect the welds that these guys are doing. And, like, everything just kind of came together. And, like, the same people that were so proud about, like, what they were doing, they are all complaining about, oh, they don't like this, this sucks, that sucks. And I was like, huh, like, I guess I'm sorry it sucks for you, but I'm, I'm glad I, like, had to do hard labor or landscaping. And, like, I'm glad I get to go out in the field and not just, like, have to sit behind the computer and just, like do this like i might not be like i can do the technical stuff but like i like the flexibility of being able to like actually work with people that enjoy what they do and then if they're not working on a construction project they're doing like you're doing they're working on the drill press or uh, the carburetor you're trying to figure out what's going on like
1: yep just, and i just like, figured it out <laughs>
2: <laughs> what happened there
1: Oh, there was there was some trash in the carburetor, so I had to take all the take it all apart and clean it up, because it 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 was flooding, it was flooding everything, and hmm. so we're gonna put it back together now and see if it's gonna run, because I need to go finish tilling the front yard and planting my grass.
0: Cool. So,
2: well, if you're gonna do that, I won't I won't keep you on too much longer.
1: All right. Oh yeah, I've got to uh, got to get it all in before October because um, then it's gonna start, you know, getting cold and rainy and wet, and not be able to do it. So right, that's that's my plan of the day. How about that?
2: It sounds like a good plan. And uh-huh. it's is fall always the best time for planning?
1: Well, not <laughs> necessarily. Well, if you're gonna. From what I hear, I hear this from the nursery because I had all my soil. I took took samples down and had it tested, so I could could, could know if I needed to add lime or or do whatever
0: I had to do to the soil. Because because most
1: pine trees around they they have those acidy leaves and thick sap, and they're not good for the soil, so I cut all the pine trees out. And yeah, I could, took the soil to see if it needed anything, and they, they said fine. it was fine. I you know, started start planting grass, grass and ready, ready to go. And, and, uh, um, and a lot of people ask me why I plant grass instead of just calling the sod people, and that's because of the I learned a long time ago that, you know, if you plant your grass, then, it, then it's, 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 good, it's, good, it's with good with the way your soil, way your soil, is, soil now. is now. You know, if you know, it, it grows, then it's good with the soil, but if you bring in grass, They They cut off, I don't know, maybe an inch or half an inch of the existing soil, then they bring it over to your soil, and they drop it down, and there could be some issues with both of the soils, Hmm. so you wind up losing it. It goes bad, or it 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 doesn't grow higher, you get or yellow patches and everything like that. Gotcha. I, uh, I I just seed my lawns. Okay. But so it's 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 uh, you know you get to watch it grow from scratch and you can do whatever you want to do with it. When you order the grass from this from wherever you order it, you got to deal with that grass.
0: Yeah. So
1: here, you know, I'm trying to grow native grass that that, that grows well here in Augusta, No in Augusta area, in Aiken, in South Carolina, and so that's uh, and I'll I'll be able to maintain it, know what's wrong with it, nice. fix it when I have to. Plus, it gives me uh, a lot more activities on the weekends, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the kind of person that can't just sit around and do nothing. I've got to be cutting trees or mowing grass or working on something. I don't know why, but that's just the way I am. Yeah, it keeps you
2: functioning. I mean, it mm-hmm. keeps you alive. Otherwise, it's like it sucks to be stagnant.
1: Oh, like, Yeah. Yeah, and you you got to keep on. I mean, even though I can't do what I used to do a long, long time ago, but uh, physically, but, you know, just
0: being, being able to do what I, I do now, be be do do I do now yourself, and be able to do it by you myself. be able to, 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 to do it by myself because
1: you be able to do it all figure out to figure ways to do right it. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the way it is. Gotcha. But anyway... If uh, if you have anything yeah, else you want to we'll talk, talk about, just uh, let me know. We're, We're do it all right. Right now, now. I'm gonna try and get my carburetor put back together. All right. And get my machine running and get the grass planted because it's supposed to get hot this afternoon, and I don't want to be doing this in the heat of the day. Better hurry! It's almost noon. I know it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, if ever you want to do this again, just let me know. I mean, I, I don't mind talking to you and, and having uh conversations about different things. Seems kind of
0: fun. We spend an hour. Yeah.
1: I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure. All right. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right. Bye, Chuck. Okay. Bye-bye.